We're back. I said it first. We're back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I like that little... You, you, I don't think you've ever done that no, before. You've no. always let me get it out, yeah. but I like that. Yeah. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are back in the mansion. The summer is over, Big Ugly. Uh, but Oh, uh, come on, man. Don't say that. Well, I mean, uh, you know, Labor Day usually ends the summer, yeah. and we're talking to you after Labor Day, but right now we're going into fall, and, uh, you know, there's fall brawl, war games on the WWE Network right now for $9.99. They still haven't kicked us anything <laughs> back yet, but we're still promoting them. Um, you know, we got Trading Places on the TV, great Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd movie from nice. the 80s. Very, very classic. Um, Rest in peace, Charlie Murphy. I mean, he has nothing to do with that movie, but... He doesn't, but he was Eddie Murphy's brother. Exactly. And Charlie Murphy was fantastic. Um, So we got a great show for you lined up today. Uh, We've had a lot of great uh, podcasts over the summer. We're going about a year and a half strong. I think you said this is episode 35, 35. right? Yeah. And, uh, man, we are going strong. Now, that's what what you got logged on there. We may have done a couple others as well. Yeah. So 35 official. Right. That uh, is our official number. So I mean, most likely we're probably really at about like 40. I'm okay. Saying, yeah. I'm, I'm we 40. weren't really counting them in the beginning. Yeah. Right. Because we did a few that yeah. we weren't uh, counting. We were just kind of testing the water. Exactly. See yeah. what we're doing. But uh, now we've got a lot of followers, a lot of subscribers, a lot of people liking and sharing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and, and TuneIn Tune Radio. Radio. People going to be listening to TuneIn Radio. We're going to blow it up. Um Today we got a great show for you. Um, we have uh, our professional wrestling segment where we're going to talk about WWE, Impact, Lucha, whatever. So Impact um, is still around. It is. Uh, GFW now has merged with Impact, and they are still around, still got their show on Thursday nights, still running a pay-per-view every now and again. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's pretty much running the whole thing behind the scenes and I everything like that. heard he took like a leap that. of absence. Did he? That's what I heard. Yeah, I heard he's on like a leave of absence. Like he's well, he's out the picture for right now. He he might be. I mean, he's been involved in a couple of storyline things, and he's definitely been behind the scenes. So somebody's gonna have to run the company back there. Yeah. Uh, so that, you well, know, doing you okay. Know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, by the way, listen to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard because the Macho Man Randy Savage podcast is up and running now. It's supposed to be one of their biggest, if not the biggest, of all time. We can do a Macho Man or Andy Savage podcast at some point in time. Yeah, we should. We can get all the people who believe that they can do a Macho Man or Andy Savage impression. And... Bring him to the mansion. Joe Clunk, definitely. Well, Joe Clunk, you yeah. know, uh, timekeeper extraordinaire. Joe Clunk, he can do it. Definitely. Um, and you know, bring them all in here and let's see. We still wanted to do that where we get a podcast of people who want to do impressions. So that's still... Let's important. do that. That'd be fun, man. We, we got to put that together. We should. We absolutely should. We got to get some photographers on the podcast. We're going to do oh, that yeah, soon. Oh, yeah. Big Leaf Photography. Yep. Yeah. Wrestling in Maryland. And also Lotus uh, Leaf Photography, which is a friend of mine, Emma, who I work with. So... Yeah, lots of photographers out there. Yeah. Big Ugly, you got some big things. You're you're moving into a mansion of your own. Um, so first it to be time. for the yeah. first time moving into a mansion of your own. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> <laughs> the Mansion Two. Yeah, uh, Mansion know, 2.0. 2.0, <laughs> There you go, like Matt Hardy. Two point um, yeah, so anytime you want to do live a podcast live from your mansion, you know, we can let Chris Burns out the building because he's stuck in the mansion. Right. Uh, you know, people in the 27 rooms. <laughs> yeah. Take all my security guards and we can go over there. Over to my mansion. If you want to do it, you know, just yeah. let me know if that would ever be more uh, convenient for you. But on this show, we're going to talk about wrestling. Uh, we wanted to do... 
Big Ugly, you are a great movie reviewer and a, and a fanatic. You, you review movies and television, and we want to start that segment well, thank up. You. Well, thank you. You know, if you follow Big Ugly on Facebook, Eric Murphy, you're going to see um, these movie reviews that he does. But now we're going to go into the realm of Netflix, and we're going to have the Big Ugly reviewing for you for the first time ever on lots of firsts on this Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We're going to review The Defenders. It's a Netflix series, and we're going to talk about that, and that's going to be pretty exciting. Also, towards the end of this podcast, the final segment of our podcast here today, we're going to have an interview with Susquehanna Wrestling Organization, SWO, a competitor. He's been a ring announcer. He's been a referee, kind of like me. Um, he is the cut above Richard Bonner. So I sent you an interview that I did with him, Big Ugly, not too long ago. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to this man, but this guy, he could talk wrestling forever. He could talk wrestling. He could talk baseball. He could talk football. We went off on tangents, and he even brought up the fact that we went off on tangents because he was listening to the, <laughs> to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, and he said it's okay to go off on tangents. Hey, it's hard to go off on tangents, man. Uh, we do it all the time. We do. So, and I mean, if you listen to our show, then you're probably going to go off on tangents too. Because, That's right. Yeah, and we got more. That's people. when you have a real conversation. If you don't go off on tangents, you're not listening. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's right. And once you're listening to somebody, you're going off on tangents. active listening is what yes. they call. Uh, but yes, and that's going to be, we appreciate you actively listening to us on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. So, um, and in the near future, we're also going to have uh, Corey Berger, B-E-R-G-E-R, Burger Cookies, Burger Cookies. Uh, he's going to come back on the podcast and we are going to discuss at length, in long form as it were, uh, the Mayweather-McGregor fight. Now, this fight's over. Um, it is. It is over. And Mayweather we won. won't tell you who won. Oh. I don't think Never it's a spoiler mind. at this point in time. <laughs> uh, you were just like, I'm not going to tell you who won. Um, yeah, we're going to leave that until next time. No, I believe if you understand about this fight, you've heard that Mayweather has won. But there's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of conversation. And uh, it was well worth its money once the pay-per-view providers actually caught up. And Showtime met with them and said, hey, let's put this on for the people that bought this shit. Yeah. Pardon my language. Yeah, no, yeah. And, um. You know, I there, even though even you know. though the fight is right, even though the fight is over, like you said, like I definitely like to sit down and discuss this in long form because, in some ways, as you said, the match became kind of controversial, mostly the ending, yes, of the match. But you know, um, yeah, man, to sit down with Corey Berger talk about you know Mayweather and Connor, man, actually going ten rounds. So yeah, can't wait to have that conversation. Can't wait, and uh, maybe he'll bring some burger cookies, dude. I hope so because you know you should buy burger cookies. Yes, wherever you're at, it's a Baltimore uh, staple. It is. And even in the state of Maryland, I was out in uh, Rising Sun, Maryland, not too long ago, and I was in a high... You made that up. No. That, you don't know about Rising Sun? Where the hell is Rising now, Sun? Maryland? Now, I know Shinsuke <laughs> talks about the land of the Rising Sun. That's Japan or whatever. But Rising Sun, Maryland's out where, in my neck of the woods, like uh, as far as my other job, uh, Rising Sun, Northeast, Elkton, you know, out there, uh. in Harford and Cecil counties. So Rising Sun, it does exist. Check okay. it out. I'm putting over Rising Sun, Maryland. Go out and visit it. There's nothing out there except Cecil College, which is great to go to college if you want to go to college um if you're into that kind of stuff that was a t- <laughs> if you're into that kind of thing yeah. but that was a tangent where were we going burger cookies uh so i was in a highs dairy store you know like the highs and uh i went in there and i was walking around and burger cookies were right there on the shelf they had the small packs they had the big packs i was like burger cookies in maryland I'm, i loved it so that's, that's awesome i did not Those buy any delicious but it's there 
I, I didn't really buy any because, you know, Corey Berger's a friend of ours and he usually hooks us up. Yeah. So that's why I didn't buy them. But I would buy yeah, I mean, that is the rule. That is the rule, man. If you got the hookup, <laughs> you don't go buy it. That just is what it is. True. It's like, it's like back in the day when it's like you had to hook up. So it's like, why buy cable when you had to hook up? I'm sorry. Whoa. I mean, yeah. Little, what are uh, you putting out there? <laughs> sorry. Do you need this to was tell? a long time ago. <laughs> You're moving into a new mansion, uh, and you're talking about stealing cable. Yeah, there are there are a few <laughs> black people listening to the show, and Whoa. they understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know if it was necessarily a black people thing, because if white people could get cable for free, like myself, I would watch it. <laughs> right. Instead of watching yeah. that little scramble channel where you're trying to watch the porn, and right. you're, you know, you're seeing the little uh, blurred out blur. nipples or whatever it is, this just it was really you got dirty and ugly fastly. fast. Right. Wow, that's a tangent right there. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go in. Where do we even go from this? Oh yeah, we because we're talking about future podcasts. We're gonna talk to Corey Berger, but let's get into this one. Um, you know, we're gonna talk about Mayweather McGregor and long form down the road. So let's get into the pro wrestling world right now. Let's start with Indy, Indy Pro Wrestling. So as I said, the cut above Richard Bonner interview later in this podcast. Susquehanna Wrestling Organization on Facebook. Follow them, like them, and come out to Red Lion, Pennsylvania on Saturday, September 30th because we're going to have uh, the Susquehanna Cup. It's basically a tournament, a one-night tournament where the winner uh, becomes a Susquehanna Cup champion and they become the number one contender for future titles down the road. We've got some grudge matches, got some title matches. It's going to be good. I happen to be the ring announcer for that night, so that's going to be a fun night to go out and do things uh so check that out also do they now call you the voice of pennsylvania well no no i am not the voice of pennsylvania i was the voice of maryland right yeah but i did work in other states so primarily i was in maryland now i'm just anywhere that mikey d wants to be so right now i have taken off the maryland and now i'm just the the voice And that is That's not great. trademarked That's by great. NBC for that <laughs> show where they get the voices and they got the people with the yeah and the no and the whatever. I am not taken from that. I am just the voice. The voice. I like it. Okay. The voice. Uh, so, that, yeah. I mean, check me out as the voice and, and follow me, uh, Mikey D, on Facebook and stuff. And, and Instagram, actually, Mikey D, the voice. But anyway, more on that. Where was I? We went off on a tangent. Oh, yeah. We were talking about Susquehanna Wrestling Organization, the Susquehanna Cup. Also, if you happen to be in the state of Maryland, please go see on September 23rd at Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland, EWA, Evolution, Rock, and Rumble. Uh, They're going to have a big battle royal at the beginning of the night, and the winner of the battle royal faces John Berg, the heavyweight champion, at the end of the night. um, The fans will pick the stipulations. It's supposed to be a... Hardcore night all night long with ladders and tables and chairs. Oh my! Um, and they're also going to have a band. The Bruno Martians are going to be playing there, and actually, they're going to be playing all night long, including during the Battle Royal at the beginning of the night. Nice. So that's going to be an interesting. Plus, they already have another match signed, a triple threat match. Uh, we don't know what the stipulation is at this point in time for the EWA Cruiserweight Championship. All three people we've had on our podcast before. The champion. Jesse, Jesse O'Ryan, he's going to be there. Um, he's defending against Apollo Cruz, the only Z and the true Apollo Cruz, because I haven't seen the other one. Bad black, man in Maryland. The black guy. Uh, <laughs> talking about a lot of black people in this. Right. <laughs> uh, and we want all colors and races to listen to this. Yes, Apollo Cruz, and also the legendary super cruiserweight, the only four-time cruiserweight champion in EWA history, Wes Mercer, who could be the only five-time cruiserweight champion after this match is over. Nice. So, yeah, go there. Legendary super See cruiserweight. That. 
absolutely go there see that also if you happen to be in the state of maryland on september 30th i mean you can go out to pennsylvania and see swo but you could stay in maryland and How go see to maryland um, well, Red Lion PA is only, you know, about 45 minutes away. Oh, that's not Same bad. thing, uh, Seven Valleys PA. They also perform there, so about 45 minutes away. Yeah. Not far at all. But if you happen to be in the state of Maryland, you can also go see MCW Pro Wrestling, which uh, behind the storm, Brian S. Campbell, he, he is now affiliated with them. Plus also hashtag Pat Anthony's in there. I believe Violet, the social media ambassador, is oh, yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, so you got a lot of people in there. Gun Show, Mason Walls is now affiliated. Oh, that, really? Yeah, nice. that's right. Gun Show. So a lot of uh, former uh, podcast interviewees. Yeah. But uh, go see them on September thirtieth. The vets is what we call them. That's right. You got that. The vets. Go see them on uh, September thirtieth in Joppa, Maryland, because they have not only uh, great professional wrestling, but they also have uh, Goldberg on the list of people that you can get. Uh, photographs and autographs and little conversations. Uh, you know, you go to uh, MCW Wrestling. You ever uh, meet Goldberg? I have never met Goldberg. Okay. No. Uh, but. Because, um, I mean, he was on the Austin podcast. He sounded like a dick, so I just wanted to find out. His. Well, uh, you know, that may have been back then at that point in time. I'm not sure. He, he, he had to have had to yeah. come to Jesus meeting to be in the WWE for the six months that he was in there. Right. Getting put over Brock Lesnar. Sure. A couple times. So, I don't know. Uh, hopefully he's okay because he's got some uh, work to do on September 30th with MCW Pro Wrestling. So, we'll see what happens there. Um. So that's the, that's the indie rundown. Uh, there's other organizations in Maryland, other organizations in Pennsylvania and surrounding areas. So check out your indie wrestling. Speaking of porn. Wait, so <laughs> wait a minute. This was a tangent from like five minutes ago, but you kept it on. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and talk. I'm going to get some uh, water from the man. So, no, the fridge. I'm going to get you yeah, one too. I appreciate it. So I was actually going to ask you a question. So we're, we're sitting here with trading places in the background. And I saw Jamie Lee Curtis, and I forgot that she was actually in this movie because I haven't seen it forever. And am I the only one that thinks that Jamie Lee Curtis still looks good, like, to this day? Like, even as an older woman? I haven't seen Jamie Lee Curtis recently. I'll have to Google her with my Google machine. <laughs> I'm going to Google Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, but... Uh, I, I, I always thought, you know, from whatever she was doing, I always thought she looked good. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed her. And she was a good actress because, you know, she was in a lot of different type movies. And this will, this will segue into, but it's like Sigourney Weaver back in the day. Actually, like when you look at her in Ghostbusters, I was like, you know what? She looked good. But now that I look at her in The Defenders, which we'll get into. Yes. Not so much, man. Just didn't. Ace just didn't kind of. Didn't work with her? Didn't work with her too well, hmm. man. I mean, it happens. I think in the mid, uh, I'd say the mid-2000s when Sigourney Reaver was trying to do some things, you know, she looked all right. But uh, I guess nowadays, age has not caught up with her, and she's not, not too camera-friendly, I guess. I mean, she's, you know, a good actress, you know, for as what she is. But I'm going to have to Google these people in 2017 and see what's up. Uh, because people that are, you know, on their looks, you know, people have, you know, and they see somebody in a movie or a television show and they expect to see at least part of that. You know, I want to see Sigourney Weaver that was in Ghostbusters in 1980, whatever it was. I want to see Sigourney Weaver that was in Alien, whenever it was. Uh, you know, not necessarily whatever she's doing now. But she's in The Defenders, huh? Yeah, man. Sigourney Weaver's in The Defenders. Um, she is the big 
bad boss of the hand. Really? Yeah. Okay. We're going to get into that in just a minute. Uh, when we take a break, we're going to come back with the Defenders. But let's uh, let's throw in some pro wrestling here. Um, let's talk about WWE Raw's next pay-per-view is No Mercy, coming up on September 24th, whenever you're listening to this. And we will do uh, that in long form when we discuss... Um, the results of No Mercy, and we'll bring back Jam and Jason to do that. Jam and Jason. Uh, Jam and Jay, what up? Jam and Jay, we want to say hello. Shout out to you. Uh, Jam and Jason and myself were actually in Citizen Bank Park uh, recently for the Billy Joel concert, so pretty badass. Oh, how was that? Awesome. Yeah. Billy Joel, 68 years old, still doing it. Still doing it. Um, still filling up stadiums. So, yes, absolutely. And that man can play piano, that man can play guitar, that can can play harmonica, he can sing. Uh, man, awesome. I, I don't know if I know any Billy Joel songs. It's like, I, pro- I probably do, like I probably heard it and I just don't know. Piano Man? Yeah, no. Sing us a song, you're the piano man. You never heard that? Oh, no. Come on, man. Yeah, no. I mean, I understand we had this discussion with you about the music that you listen yeah. to. And uh, maybe Billy Joel's just uh, not, just not was, part of that. He wasn't on radar. He's yeah. been around uh, for about 40 years, longer than I've been alive, man. For real? So, yeah. Check out Billy Joel. We're right. going to put over Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Find Billy Joel. I'm open to all music. I just, yeah. Billy Joel, all right. I mean, he sang with Ray Charles a couple times. <laughs> for real? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know Ray Charles? Yeah. <laughs> I, let me Wait tell a minute. You, let me you tell can't you tell me you haven't listened to Ray no, Charles. All right, so let me say this. My Most of my knowledge of Ray Charles came from the movie Ray. It is because of Jamie Foxx that I really got my education on Ray Charles. And then I started listening to Ray Charles a little bit. Ray Charles just isn't my kind of... Yeah, he's just not my thing, man. Okay. Like, I mean, Georgia, that was probably like... That's probably like the extent of like... Georgia. Georgia. There you go. Uh, Sing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that movie, Ray, I would like to review that one sometime because that was a fantastic movie. Yes. yes Jamie Foxx is one of, Oscar. Uh, one of the best actors of this day and age. You know, he is so versatile. He can do so many different things. Yeah, on the gossip news, he's dating K- Katie Holmes. Is he? Yeah. I thought Katie Holmes was dating... What is it, Tom Cruise? Dude, Tom where have you been at for like five I don't, years? See, like, this is like you, me not knowing, you not knowing Billy Joel. I don't know these things, you know. We yeah. need a segment where who, who's, who's what is it, uh, Two Live Crew had a, uh, a song, tell, who's banging man, who. This man does not have the TMZ yet. I don't. <laughs> I mean, but I could download it and I could watch it at 730s on uh, Monday through you Friday. You know, all right, let me just say this. This is a tangent. This is a big this, tangent. And this doesn't matter much. But people be dogging the TMZ yet. Let me tell you something. TMZ... It, they're like the best journalists out right now. Like they get major stories before anyone, and I'm not even just talking like celebrity news. Like they get major like news that CNN starts reporting on, but they will get it first, and they have to credit TMZ. That's all I'm saying. Don't dog TMZ. Go and download the app and the Vice app. Great news. Okay. That's uh, good information from The Big Ugly here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And all these people we're putting over, please listen to us and please send us money so that we can do more on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast for you. Thank you. Um, I want you to throw out, yeah, No Mercy's coming up. We'll do that in long form. I just want to throw out this name, Asuka. We talked about Asuka on our last podcast and then shortly after that there was a taping at NXT and she... Gave up the NXT women's title. Two years, undefeated, she gave it up. Now, Didn't I tell you that that's how it should go down? You did. Didn't I call that? You did. She didn't get beat. Uh, she got injured a little bit at the last uh, NXT Brooklyn 3, but that was just another thing to add on to the fact that they were going to be bringing her up. And they did announce that they're going to bring her up to Raw or SmackDown. Don't know which yet. So, I personally think that she should go to the Raw brand. Um, my question to you is... Do they keep this undefeated thing going oh, yeah. on the main roster? Oh, yeah. 
if they kill this gimmick and they, I mean, they built her up for two years. And the fact is, nobody's ready for Asuka. That's, that's the whole gimmick. If they change that, that means that I think they would destroy her. I don't want to see that happen. I hope it catches fire. No offense to Becky Lynch. Straight fire. I hope she comes up, and I think Jam and Jason had this right. He talked to me offline about this. Have a couple of squash matches. Maybe not necessarily squash matches, but not high-profile matches. Get Asuka, you know, hey, still undefeated, still undefeated, still undefeated. And then have somebody come up and challenge her or have her just flat-out go out and challenge somebody else. And then work her way up to the title. All right, and so- win the title. Make relevance back to at least the Raw title because it's flapping around like a hot potato. Now, yeah, that is very true. I, I don't like how they keep giving Sasha Banks the title and they're taking it away from her, yeah. like not giving her a run. Like, just, I, I just rather not even see her win. Maybe that's something of a longer story that they plan on playing out, you know, is the fact that she's been unable to defend a championship, which I think they are kind of throwing in there. So I think eventually they might give her, like, a whole title run. Hopefully. Anyway, Sasha, so... Um, with Asuka, we've talked in long form about the fact that we think Shinsuke is being a little overexposed and overused. Right. Is it okay if they do that with Asuka? If we see Asuka wrestling on a weekly basis, is that okay? Or do you think that she should also be an attraction like we've been thinking about Shinsuke? I don't think there is a woman right now who is a quote unquote special attraction. So I think that would be smart. And have her sort of be that special attraction for the women's matches because she has been wrestling on all the NXT, you know, at least takeovers anyway. But you didn't didn't see her that much, so she wasn't really that overexposed. So if she's wrestling every week, maybe every couple of weeks or maybe every pay-per-view for sure. Because, uh, you know, whichever brand she ends up on, they'll have a pay-per-view every six weeks at least. Um but I would love to see a woman's special attraction. It would give more relevance to the women's division and also more relevance to whatever title she's going for. I got you. Yeah. That would be fun. I would love to see that as a special attraction. Yeah. Because her entrance and just her her persona in right. general. Love Asuka. <clears throat> yeah. Look forward to her on the main roster. Spe- <laughs> speaking of women's wrestling, you all right, Tech? Yeah, I'm sorry. We need somebody to scare the crap out of you? You got no, the hiccups or I'm something good. like that? <laughs> I could get somebody to do that in the mansion, like crawl behind a corner or something like that and be like, boo, you know, whatever. But, maybe, um, maybe Chris Burns will pop out of the wall. That would be frightening <laughs> yeah. if Chris Burns just popped out of the wall right here and be like, hey, guys, how's it going? Like, wait, hold up, Chris. Um, speaking of women's wrestling, um, when you are watching this, the next SmackDown uh, live, right after SmackDown Live, they're going to have the May Young Classic finale. Uh, and they're going to have it live, actually. I don't know if they're necessarily going to do it live from the Performance Center, because the Performance Center is right in the middle of where this Hurricane Irma stuff is going on right now. By the way, everybody be safe in Florida and wherever else you might be affected by any hurricanes, past, present, or future. Uh, the weather really sucks right now in that part of the world, so... Be safe out there. If we have any listeners in Florida, which I hopefully we've gotten down the coast that far, yeah. Um, you know, be safe out there, man. Uh, but anyway, they're gonna have the finale. Maybe they'll have it at actually wherever the SmackDown Live is, and then just instead of running two hundred five live that night, they're gonna run May Young Classic Live. You got uh, Kyrie Sane or Kiari Sane, K A I R I Sane, S A N E versus Shayna. Bowser or Basler, B A S Z L E R. I'm sorry, I'm not up on the names, but uh, apparently they fought their way all the way through the May Young tournament, and it's been very good on WWE Network. And now they're going to wrestle for the uh, finale. Have you been watching the May Young Classic? I've watched the first round. Okay. Uh, I haven't gotten to finish uh, where they're leading up to this finale yet. 
Uh, pretty pretty decent, you know, not too bad. Uh, is there something coming out of this? Like, is somebody getting a WWE contract or? I think they're going to do the same thing that they did with the UK tour and the, and the uh, cruiserweight uh, championship back last year. They're going to pick and choose and throw some people in NXT, throw some people in Raw, SmackDown, throw some people back in the Performance Center. Gotcha. This, is, this is a great way to get exposure to a lot of people who may not necessarily have had the uh, exposure. By the way, shout out to Renee Michelle, who was in the first round. She is a local here in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Uh, put on a great showing. Hopefully, WWE sees something in her and signs her. Uh, also, Kennedy Brink, uh, who is a referee, first female referee in the WWE in quite a long time, if ever. Um, she's been refereeing a lot of the matches in the May Young Classic and also refereeing for NXT, so nice. that's awesome on her. Yeah, Refereeing is a very vital part. Did you hear about, uh, what's that Res- Mexican wrestler, sexy star, sexy mm. something that like broke the girl's arm, like went, yeah, like, just started shooting on her. In she ring. was facing, I believe it was Rosemary, and it was at a AAA event in Japan or something like that. And uh, at the end of the match, um, she yeah, she just started shooting on her and actually physically broke her arm or something like that. So what is, are you coming from the industry? And I mean, it doesn't take a genius to know that this is a big no no in wrestling. Oh man, yeah. But for people that aren't in the industry and might just look at it as like, well. It's a physical sport, and she got angry, and so you know things happen. How serious of an occurrence is this? It's it's the most serious thing that you can think of when you when you're doing this on the other side of the guardrails. Everybody's putting their lives in everybody else's hands. You're trusting everybody to take care of everybody. Accidents happen, things happen. We understand this. This was no accident. This was legit. Um, you know, and this this was a big no. no How serious is it? As soon as this happened, unless this is the biggest angle in the world, which I don't think it is, because um, there's no reason for an angle this big for something like this. Uh, there were promoters basically t- uh, Twittering and Facebooking and Instagramming saying, man, we are not ever going to book this woman. And she has basically been blackballed. She's the Colin Kaepernick of professional wrestling right now. Uh, you she know, has no future. No. <laughs> no. I mean, unless she, you know, and she wrestles with a mask on, but everybody knows who she is. So unless... She completely disguises her form and goes down to some form of professional wrestling where people aren't going to want to know who she actually is. I think she's pretty much done. She has crucified herself. She, she just take you know you start shooting and you start actually physically trying to take a competitor apart. That's not what you're trying to do. That's not what you're supposed to do at all. Um, so you're putting your nobody's ever going to put that trust in somebody to have them in their ring with their competitors or you know what I'm saying so it's it's going to be very very challenging she's going to have to earn some respect back and work her way back up but that's a big no no so I mean you think she can like she can actually earn you think she can actually earn her spot back just like Vince McMahon says you know anything's possible you know Whatever's best for business. Mm-hmm. If for some reason uh, a promotion wants to hire the woman who is, you know, more extreme than professional wrestling, I don't know if they can make a gimmick out of it. But if personally, if it were me, I would never want to get in the ring with her. I'd never want to referee her. I'd never want to ring announce her, and I'd never want to face her as a competitor. I'd never want her to be a manager on the outside. You never know what she's going to do. So this this blew up the internet when it happened. So. Yeah. I mean, even Chris Jericho spoke about it. Yeah. I mean, can she come back? I mean, anything's possible, but this is this is one of the hard. <laughs> this is really hard. Right. This is an entertainment business. You and know, she probably you, will never come back to any big promotion. Nope. They totally, uh, totally like, forgot like her on Lucha. Lucha Underground now. Yeah. yeah. They totally just wrote her off. I mean, they've been doing season three, season four, whatever, Lucha Underground. They totally, like, 
blackballed her, and now I don't even know about Netflix season one and season two. They might just take anything off that she and she was their champion at one point. In time. Yeah, yeah. Like my God, but, she was in there with the guys doing some things. Yeah, you know. But what happens? Um, <clears throat> it's bad. It's bad. And in the pro wrestling business, everybody's supposed to take care of everybody else. But you got to trust. Yeah. Got to throw that trust in there. Uh, if you don't have that trust, then somebody's gonna get hurt, and somebody did get hurt. So I mean, people get hurt all the time in this business, but not because one pe- you know person want to hurt. Because it's intentional, right? You know, yeah. th- sometimes you'll take a shot. You know, you'll throw a stiff chop at somebody, or you'll throw a stiff forearm at somebody. You're not gonna try to physically incapacitate them in any way, though. right? You know what I mean? So it's bad. Um, but on a lighter note, Lucha Underground finishing up season three and watch it on the El Rey Network. It's pretty fun stuff. Or Netflix. Uh, or Netflix, you know, season one, season two. Johnny Mundo, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact, whatever you want to say, still invisible in every form of professional wrestling <laughs> right now, which is something that nobody else can ever say. Yeah. Um, what else did we have? We were going to talk about, oh, yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh, SmackDown Live, the boss, Vince McMahon, coming out uh, on the next SmackDown Live as well. And he's going to address a situation which you actually thought was a shoot. Yeah, man. Shane I was actually McMahon. dumb enough to believe the reports that Shane McMahon got suspended. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's good when wrestling tricks you to the point of suspending disbelief enough to where you don't know it's real or not. Right. And, that's good. Right. And mind you, you know, I, I read it uh, from Bleacher Report. When I was looking and I was like, oh, shoot. And the only reason I really thought because, you know, they said that Kevin Owens had, you know, made fun of like, said that, you know, he should have died when his helicopter went down. Yes. And I was like, dude, that's pretty. That's strong. That's strong. Thank you. That's pretty strong to say like, oh, your family, mm-hmm. you know, essentially would have been better off without it. And it's like, that's a real event. Like, Shane McMahon could have died. And they never crash. even brought it up on television after it happened, really. He just showed up he the just, next week on right. SmackDown and didn't even acknowledge it. Yeah. Nobody acknowledged exactly. it. Exactly. So the fact that he acknowledged it and kind of put his family into it, it's like, so it's like, coming from a man's standpoint, I could see how somebody might go off on that. You know, it, that, I mean, come on, that's real. That's that's real life or death right there. So they got me on that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I wanted, this is a good segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about reality based professional wrestling. Um, since SummerSlam, actually, on both shows now, there is a predominant storyline with this reality-based, like like we were just talking about, using the, re- the real story and the real thing of Shane McMahon's helicopter accident and Kevin Owens digging at that. It's like, ooh, ah, you know, that's like reality-based. And now they're going to feed that into a storyline um, that's going to fuel a couple characters. But we... I don't know if we've talked about this in long form yet, but John Cena and Roman Reigns. Yeah, we didn't really. Um, wow, is all I got to say. Have you seen yeah. any of the promos, especially the first one that they cut on each other during the so contract? So the signing? first one, the first one, yes. The second one. The first one I read about. The second one I have not any knowledge of. It. Second one was good, uh, but I don't think they can top what they did during the contract signing. That was a 20-minute promo with the both of them going back and forth. And... Digging into everything that everybody's been talking about on the internet and all the marks, all the fans, everything. And they just, especially John Cena, tore him apart. He is making him earn, Roman Reigns making him earn it now. And and I mean, he pretty much brought to attention the fact that everyone looks at him as a repackaged John Cena. And then he actually, I I saw they ripped on him for not being able to cut a promo because he like stumbled over his words. He sure did. I was like, dang, John, no mercy. You're going to be the guy. Yeah. You're going to have to cut the promo. Speaking of no mercy, they're going to face each other at no mercy. How about that? 
Um, but yes, this reality based, this is kind of what happened in the attitude era when they were going, you know, just risque with a lot of things. They were bringing in a lot of reality based stuff. And when you would say something like that or hint at something like that, it would make more relativity to the storyline. So it would bring up the stories and it would get people watching more intently. And you know, they're doing it for these two major storylines, but they're also doing it with a couple of other things. Dolph Ziggler came out on SmackDown. That that was yep, that was gonna be where I was. And he you know, came out to a lot of different entrance musics and he pulled off other people's gimmicks like John Cena and, and things like that. And, and he was just like, you know what? You, you don't deserve to see me. I've been busting my ass for over 10 years in here. You want to see all the lights and you want to see all the fireworks and you want to see the pyro? Well, I'm not going to give that to you. But I'll come back next week and I'll show you something different. <laughs> like, that's cool. So so you like the uh, gimmick impersonation that I do. on right now? Okay. I really do. Right. I was always under the impression that if I ever got to be a full-time competitor, that that's something I'd do. Like Eugene, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Nick Dinsmore. Uh, fantastic professional wrestler. Great trainer as well. And the, the gimmick that got him over is the most is playing somebody, I don't want to even use the word, slow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he came out, you know, he had the jacket on with the upside-down name, and it was all out of whack, and he came out waving at people, and I'm like, this, and whatever. That was Eugene. That got him over. That's risque. You want to put something like that out there. But... He impersonated The Rock, he impersonated Stone Cold, he impersonated Kurt Angle, he impersonated anybody he could get, you know, anybody he could do a move yeah. for. So, so. I, I, I agree, I do like that. I always like the impersonation, I think it's going to be pretty cool. You know, we got to see... Uh, the sincerest form of flattery, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I remember when uh, Curtis Axel and Damian Sandow was doing it, you know, as the... Uh, yeah, Macho Man. Macho Man, Mag, you and know, Hulk Hogan, yeah. yeah. But... Um, so I, I like it. I do like that. I love this aspect of realism. I think that that's in professional wrestling today. You you need it where mm-hmm. it gets harder and harder to suspend disbelief. Right. You gotta bring in some of those you know those uh, backstage stuff that all of the <laughs> you love the, that stuff. Yeah, all the smarts are like talking about. You know, like everybody's been saying that Roman Reigns is a repackage John Cena. Stuff. Yep. Bringing that to the light, perfect for right. their feud. You know, um, and and uh, same thing with the Shane and Owens thing. Uh, Dolph Ziggler everyone has felt like they, they went through a phase where everybody wanted the big push for Ziggler because they were like Ziggler busts his tail there's no push mm-hmm. and you know uh, they kind of he had his moments like if you remember that big Survivor Series match where it ended up just being him yeah. and he won for his team that's right then things just kind of fell off but I do like the fact that they're bringing up the fact he's still frustrated mm-hmm. which is true because he still has not reached anything nope you know, commendable. So not main event. I'm interested yeah. to see where it goes. I don't know where they're going to end this. Here's here's the here's the here's the here's the uh, 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 I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but no, here ahead. it is. Here it is. <laughs> so you know, the only thing with this is, what if it doesn't deliver at the end? It's like he's going through all of this because I think eventually we're trying to lead to him. Because remember, he said in his promo like he finally figured it out. Like right. So. We have to then see at the end, like, okay, so at the end of all of this, has Dolph Ziggler figured it out? You know, um, because essentially we can look at this as a push. Like, you know, they're they're strapping him with something here. Yeah, they're giving which, him TV time, right. giving him microphone time. Yeah. yeah. So it is going to kind of be up to him to, you know, at the end of this be like, you know, has he really figured it out? And if, if, and if this kind of falls on his face, then... You know, uh, what's next? Yeah, what's next for Dolph Ziggler? Yeah. You know, Where it's like, I feel like this is kind of his last... You know, 
Could but, be. You know, his last hurrah. It's been 10 years. It's been a long time. And he's getting pushed a little here, pushed a little there, and it never came through for him. But hopefully it does because he does work hard and he sells his ass off. And I always enjoy a match with Dolph Ziggler. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, one more thing before we uh, segue into talking about the Defenders on Netflix. So... A lot of WWE stuff coming up. Uh, check it out. Check out the network for all kinds of stuff. Um, blah, blah, blah. What was I looking at here? Um, oh, yes. One more thing I wanted to talk about. So there's a lot of rumor and innuendo going around that The Undertaker is getting himself in mad good shape. Um, there's a lot of things saying that he has some unfinished business, whether that means he needs to come on and push other characters or actually come back and wrestle or fight. I don't know. Um, that retirement quote-unquote at Wrestlemania could have just been him retiring from Wrestlemania because one of the promos he cut you know a couple months before Wrestlemania he said I can do more than Wrestlemania I'm just known right now as the guy that comes back to Wrestlemania so he could come back and do something else different he could still have the unfinished business with Roman Reigns who beat him at Wrestlemania still would love to see him and John Cena Oh, uh, uh, gotta see that. That would be awesome. So uh, even if it's not a WrestleMania match, you would still just like to see Undertaker and John Cena go at it. I would like to see Undertaker in general because his presence on any kind of WWE television is awesome. But and he the, always adds something to it. Here's the thing. The epic the epic retirement, which he set everything in a ring and kind of... It's like he just left it all in a ring and left. It's like... Dude, I feel like, like, how do you come back from that? It's like, you, you retire from WrestleMania, but then you're still going to keep wrestling. It's like, all right, well, when you actually retire, like, what's that? What does that look like? I, I don't know. It's like... Well, check this out. Jam and Jason had a nice theory on what you just said. How do you do it? Well, yeah. he retired The Undertaker. Did he retire The Undertaker character and actually come back as, say, the American badass? Cut all his hair off, the motorcycle biker gimmick. You know, could he do that? Hey, I, I would I, like I would, that. I, I thought I think that would be pretty dope. I would dig that, man. Like, like uh, you know, he couldn't. He he lost. You know, the Roman Reigns, the big dog, and so now he had to. You know, the Undertaker's dead. Now he's got to come back as the American badass. Yeah, he's still the Undertaker, like, but he's a yeah. different version of the Undertaker. Yeah, exactly. Start taking people on a last ride to hell. There you go. Oh! Shoot. Come back as that street fighter throwing those big soup bones, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Come on, man. Doesn't have to walk down to the ring. He'd take his bike down to the ring, so that 80-yard uh, trip wouldn't take too long. He would just ride. I, I, would, I would dig that. So, rumor and innuendo right now, you never know. We'll see what happens. But that doesn't and not necessarily mean because him and John Cena, that's a WrestleMania-worthy match. But I'd like to see the American Badass. Especially with this reality-based Undertaker coming in and cutting promos on people. I wouldn't want him talking to me. So yeah. that would be awesome. Um, so that's a little bit of professional wrestling. We're going to get into more professional wrestling, of course, next time on the podcast. But we're going to take a short break. Unless we have anything else to throw in uh, right now, we're going to take a short break. And we're going to come back and talk about The Defenders on Netflix on our very first um, review, as it were, but a big ugly. We're going to review uh, movies that have been out, uh, shows that have been out, movies that are coming out. You guys want us to review a movie, you throw some titles on there, leave us some comments or some emails at dirtyuglywrestling at gmail.com. Leave it on our Facebook page. Find us on Facebook. Comment. Send messages because we'll talk about it. What do you have before we go into break? Big Ugly. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Just... uh. That, I'm excited to start reviewing some stuff. You know, I uh, probably should actually start preparing 
But I'm going to shoot from the head. You guys know I don't like to prepare. I just like to come and be real with it. And the Defenders are still pretty fresh in my mind because I just finished it. That's right. You're the Bruce Pritchard of our podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm the Conrad <laughs> yeah. Thompson. You always got your notes over there. I just like to shoot from the head and just talk, man. Uh, of course, I write reviews. Writing reviews are always a little different than like when you're reviewing something and, and, and speaking. You know, it's kind of a little different dynamic there. So, But yeah, man, um, I, I'm always heavily opinionated when it comes to the visual arts. So... Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's take a break. We'll come right back. Not sure if our Yeti microphone is picking this up, but this is the theme from The Defenders on Netflix. And right now there's eight episodes, I believe, in season one, and it's a pretty good show. It's catching on, and me and the Big Ugly were just talking about how Marvel was purchased by Disney, and now Disney's going to start their own streaming service eventually. Um, and uh, it's... Uh, Pretty interesting stuff, but uh, we're going to talk about that. I'm sure we're going to go off on a tangent, but uh, the Defenders are going to be reviewed here by the Big Ugly. Uh, there's a little lead-in that I have. Uh, Matt Murdock, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Danny Rand investigate criminals and fight injustice, all unaware that their paths are about to cross. And uh, some of the cast of this show, we got Charlie Cox in this show, we got Kristen Ritter, uh, Mike Coulter, uh, created by Douglas Petrie and Marco Ramirez. It is a TV show, a crime TV show, as the genre may put it. Again, eight episodes out right now. So when you think The Defenders, uh, Marvel's Defenders, actually, on Netflix. What are you thinking about Big Ugly? So, um, if anybody has, if anybody's watching the Defenders, that means that they've been around for about the past two and a half years when Netflix embarked on this journey to all lead here to 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all started with Daredevil. Um, first Daredevil, season one came out, then it went to Jessica Jones, season one. Uh, and then I believe Daredevil 2 and Luke Cage came out. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we got the Iron Fist. Uh, we got Iron Fist earlier this year. Right. So, um, you know, it's all been leading to the Defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, everybody's been really excited. As you said, there were eight episodes um, and that that's all there. That's all there was going to be. Um, OK. Unlike the other. The other seat, the other individual shows tend to be about thirteen episodes. Right. So this was a short one. So a um, lot of excitement built up around around this. You know, I think everybody has probably had their own individual um, character that they like the most. Um, 
a big hit has been Daredevil. Daredevil's only one that's actually had two seasons. Mm. By the time with season two was great because they introduced uh, the Punisher in season two and uh, and Elektra. And the Punisher was played by, uh, is it Jay Barenthal or is it John Barenthal? I always forget. <laughs> anyway, if you're a Walking Dead fan, he's a guy that plays Shane. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. But um, he did a great job as a Punisher. So good that actually uh, Netflix ended up giving him his own show. So the Punisher show will also be coming out uh, later this year, I think, in November. Nice. Yeah. And but and that wasn't even expected. Like, that wasn't the plan. But because he was so... Even before it premiered, like, the studio, you know, Netflix studios pretty much, when they saw clips of Daredevil Season 2 mm-hmm. and how good he was, they already decided they were going to green light a Punisher uh, show wow. because he had done so well. Anyway, that's I'm sorry. pretty exciting. I'm kind of getting a fanboy. No, out, that, right? that's fine. You know, because that's what we want to talk about. Because there's all these different uh, Marvel superhero characters that are getting their individual shows, and now uh, they're all culminating, and they're still going to have individual shows, and then some more individual shows, uh, all on Netflix, right? For yes. The most part. So yeah, these particular characters will be like continue to be all on Netflix. Um, now to get into the Defenders. I right, yeah, let's do it. So, the Defenders. If anybody finished watching, it was one of those shows that at the end of it, you were probably you were kind of like, "Hmm, okay." That was your response. There was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing at the end of it where it was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so hyped." You know, it's not like when you're watching Game of Thrones and at the end of it, it's like, "I need the next season immediately." Right. It wasn't that kind of thing. It was kind of just like a, "Okay," that's not the response you want. After setting something up for two and a half years. Right, okay? right. You want that, like, God damn, this was worth the wait. Like, yo, I can't wait for this next one. But you didn't really get that. And, I mean, the reason being, there's a few reasons. Number one, okay, um, the first half of the season starts off kind of slow. And, I mean, I guess they had to because, you know, these were two, these were four people that were all doing their own separate thing. And sure. you kind of got to build up gotta build where up, right. they are right now in their individual lives and, like, bring them together. Right. Right. So, the first episode or two, I'd say probably the first three episodes are, like, kind of slow. Then it starts coming together and, and, and things start to work out. Okay. Right. Let me tell you a major crux on of this show. Crux. Great word. Okay. Yeah. Danny Rand, a.k.a. The Iron Fist. The Iron Fist. So, if anybody knows, if anybody watched Iron Fist when it came out earlier this year, it was the, it was the, uh, it was the least well-received uh, Marvel Netflix show out of the other, out of the four okay. individual shows. Pretty much, it was panned critically by all the, you know, critics and viewers alike. Like, nobody really cared for this show, especially coming off the heels of Luke Cage, which was really successful. Mm-hmm. Iron Fist just did not deliver. Part of the reason Iron Fist did not deliver is because Danny Rand is an unlikable character. All right, so Finn Jones, the guy that plays Danny Rand, I don't know if it's him and his acting or if it's just the way that the writers have built Danny Rand. But listen, essentially Danny Rand, if you haven't watched it, Mike, is mm-hmm. Danny Rand is Tony Stark okay. on Netflix. Okay. All right? Okay. That's, what, that's what it is. So he's this, he's this kid who's... Parents died in a plane crash, and he got raised by these monks in this uh, land of Kunlun. So he's got training all this great martial arts, and he's an iron fist, and he can summon this glowing fist, which can do some powerful shit. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. And so he comes back home, and he's like, hey, I haven't been here in a while, uh, but I'm rich. So... He's, he's got this billionaire company, but, you know, he he's need to, like, you know, pretty much get assimilate back into society or whatever. Okay. So, this is pretty much what the Iron Fist show was about, the first season. And, but he's an unlikable character. He makes consistently dumb decisions, <laughs> right? He, he, 
he perpetually lets people manipulate him, right? Okay. And and then he's like, he's just so naive. And it's like, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Mike. Here's the thing. <laughs> so why do people like Batman more than Superman? In my opinion? Yeah. Uh, well, they, well, they like Batman more than Superman. Well, I guess because, I don't know, what's his name? Oh my God, um, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, is a more believable and likable character than what is his name? Uh, Superman. Superman. Yeah, uh, you know what Cl- I'm talking Clark about. Kent. Clark Kent. Yeah, Clark Kent is a moron. Clark <laughs> Kent is a klutz. Clark Kent is a, you know, whatever. But. Bruce Wayne is a slick, suave, and he's a nice guy. He's a multi-billionaire, but he's a nice guy. Thank you. Mike, you just said it. I Superman just said it. is a moron. Whether he's Clark <laughs> no, I said Clark Kent is a no, moron. No, whether he's Clark Kent or Superman, he's still a moron. Here's the thing, and I like Superman. But I the, do, too. But the point is, is that... Everybody knows like Superman's gonna make dumb decisions. Like he's gonna be like, oh, justice for all, and he's gonna run into some dumb situation where he knows they probably got kryptonite, and then my man gonna be rolling around on the ground, right? Because <laughs> that's Superman. But this Batman, but Batman, he's rich, he's a billionaire, he's got some swag, but then he's also what? He's got the brains, he's man. He's very smart. He's smart. He thinks about things, he thinks things through. Tony Stark, right? He's another rich billionaire, right? right? Got some swag, funny, blah, blah, blah. But True. what is Tony Stark? He's still a smart man. He still thinks through situations. Right. So uh, pretty much they gave all of this to Danny Rand, okay. except for they gave him the mind of Superman. Okay. Which, I, see, I see what's happening. Which then makes him an irritating character because the thing is, we don't just like superheroes because of the powers that they possess. Mm-hmm. We also like them because of who they are and how they think as people. We No one likes a stupid superhero. You sure. know what I'm saying? It's like when we think of ourselves, if we think, all right, I want like powers and stuff. It's like, do you want to have powers and still be stupid? Or do you want to have powers but then also change your way of thinking that you can use those powers to actually get ahead? You know what I'm saying? To actually win, so to speak. And that's what Danny Rand is missing, right? So, I'm sorry. I went on this long rant about Danny Rand. I love it. I know we're going to wrap this up soon. So. I love it. The reason that this was so important was because most of the Defenders, actually all of the Defenders season one was okay. based around Danny Rand, who is the Iron Fist. And I'm trying to work around this where I'm not spoiling it for anybody because I know everybody hasn't seen it. So right. I don't want to put any spoilers in. But the entire season is based around Iron Fist. Okay. And it's a problem because he is the least likable character in the in the whole Defenders universe. Sure, sure. Okay. So you see how that's a problem, right? That's it's a like big, that's a problem. It's like you're making this person the main hero that we should all be paying attention to, who's mm-hmm. billed to be like, oh, the most powerful of the Defenders, yet you like him the least, right? Okay. So it becomes an issue. All right. So apart from that, um, because I don't want to get into spoilers and everything, um, you know, I would just say, you know, as far as the villains, um, you really had the hand who throughout all of these shows, they've been building the hand as the big villain Mm -hmm. villains of the series, which they are, especially of Daredevil. And, um, you know, the the biggest problem, I think, with with these villains uh, was the inconsistency in their powers and abilities. Okay. Um, and of course, you just have to kind of watch the show to see it. But there was like really, you know, very, very much inconsistency with with like what they're able to do, what they're capable of that, uh, you know, just kind of it just kind of falls apart by the end of the end of the season. So 
the thing is, great. There were some great fight scenes. You know, uh, sure. I will tell you, hats off to Charlie Cox who plays Daredevil. He's hands down probably the best superhero. I think a lot of people would agree with me. Um, they've you could tell they put way more care in into the Daredevil uh, arc. I would say than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's just a more likable character, I think, and and so you know he did a great job um, on this on this show. But at the at the end of the day, like I said, you know there's gonna be some things that excite you, some of the fight scenes and stuff. Um, but you know some stuff just didn't it, it just didn't add up. You know, Luke Cage. Th- this is something I don't think is a spoiler. So if anybody's watched Luke Cage, they know that Luke Cage. If you try and punch Luke Cage, you you, you won't do anything to him. <laughs> right. Like, like you'll just break your hand. Right. So there would be points where there was just a, supposed to be like a regular person fighting Luke Cage and he would get hit. And next thing you know, he's like getting knocked down. And you're like, wait, but he Luke, he's Luke Cage. Right. How's I he mean, getting knocked down? Essentially, right. He's like freaking Colossus from X-Men. Like it's like hitting just pure metal. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, it, and it's like, I guess they did that because it, they they don't want to make anybody seem like invincible, and that's right. always the issue with these type of superheroes is that it's hard to find somebody you that can like gotta find go some kind them. of way to get in so you can right. have the villains have a way to fight right. back. Exactly. That's why with Superman, it's always hard because you find people and it's just like, oh, they just use kryptonite, and it kind of makes it boring because it's like, but it's like, other than that, how can you? Right. It's fight the same them? old you thing. Can't. That's the only thing that can hurt them. So right. they just find different ways of incorporating the exactly, kryptonite. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah. So you get it. But at the end of the day, my my uh, my opinion of defenders is guys. It's going to leave you just saying, okay. One of the big things I'm known for is I always say, you know, if you're down in last ten dollars, do you do you go see the movie? Or do you buy a sandwich? Obviously, you probably already spent your ten dollars on Netflix. Right. If you if you listen to this, so but I mean, it, listen. If you watch the other four shows, you gotta watch Defenders. You know, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't wait it. Like I said, it's just gonna leave you saying, okay, like that was cool. Rumor has it, uh, you know, um, on the street is that uh, there might not be a season two. That's of what Defenders. I was about to ask you. Yeah. Um, you know the the writers and creators of the Defender series was pretty much like. This there's no likely scenario where all four of these guys, uh, all four of these people, would end up coming back into each other's lives and you know working together again. Right. So I don't know if they were just saying that to kind of throw you off the throw you off the trail, you know, making you think like you know, all right, I don't know what's next in store, or if that was just really them saying like, yeah, like we just wanted to lead up to the Defender season one and that was it um, because at this point they are moving into season two on all the other shows Jessica Jones is going to get season two okay. Luke Cage and Iron Fist and then Daredevil will get a season three and then Punisher by this time we're probably talking another two and a half years at yeah. that point you know the interest in another Defenders might have waned you know we might see the end of the whole I, I think that the superhero uh, this whole superhero revolution, like this past, like you know, almost like two decades, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be winding down pretty soon, especially with the end of the uh, Avengers. Um, the end. The end of Avengers is really going to start the end of the superhero age. You sure. Know, that's what we've been in, um, and you know, Avengers Part One is about to come out. So you know, right. after that, everybody will look forward to Infinity War Two. Once Infinity War Two is over, I think that's when we're going to really start seeing people be like, "All right, let's move on to other stuff." Because then, your your Robert Downey Juniors, your uh, crap. What's I got to play? Uh, Chris Evans, Chris that Evans. Played Captain America, Captain America, right? Your, your uh, Chris Hemsworth. You know, those contracts are running up, running out, baby. So you know, they're going to start moving on to other projects, and you know, they're going to be done. And, you know, they're going to be Marvel's going to continue moving into their other phases. But I don't think that the characters 
in those like phase four are going to be able to sustain a popularity that was built around these main Avengers. You know, sure. somebody like a Black Panther, they'll stay popular, and the Black Panther is going to stay popular because it, you're going to with somebody like a Black Panther, you're going, you're marketing to you're marketing to a different type of people because oh, of right. what he's based out of because sure. it's like an African you know uh, yeah it's uh, a hero. different market exactly right. so you're, you're still getting your main commercial market but then you're also bringing in other markets as well that's kind of like Jinder Mahal being the WWE champion exactly that's the same thing you're going to exactly. reach out to bring in other markets exactly same thing so sorry I went on a tangent there I started talking about other stuff but anyway Defenders if you've got Netflix, if you've already watched the other shows, go ahead and check out Defenders. I'm just letting you know you're not going to walk away being super, you know, excited about it. Um, Iron Fist sucks. Uh, that's, exa- <laughs> that's exactly what I had written on this paper. You wrote um, it down. You took I, notes. Yeah. I just And I just it takes something it. for you to take notes. So yeah, you took notes. Exactly. Iron so Fist because, sucks. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he, he, he is the Achilles heel of this series um, and it's not Iron Fist the character it's just the way they're depicting him one like I said I don't know if it's the actor I don't know if the way it's written but anyway so that's what it is um, Mikey D uh, 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 Dirty Mike sorry man um, same thing <laughs> whatever yeah, I'm the same you're guy you're the same guy <laughs> I'm just dirty on this one that's right. okay so anyway so uh, we talked. You did mention earlier about the whole Netflix thing, so let me put you guys down with that. Yes, if you have Netflix, uh, as we've been talking about, 2019, man, all of your Disney uh, library in that Netflix catalog is going to be gone. Out. Disney is starting their own streaming channel starting in 2019, so you know they will pretty much be their own type of Netflix where you'll have their whole catalog. Um, so what does that mean for you? That means... Anime. That if all pretty much all of them little animes when you scroll down and you see that like cartoon section, yeah, just wipe that whole thing out. <laughs> all of that's got Disney on it, so that joint's gonna be gone. Then you know all of these nice uh, uh, superhero movies that you're getting from Marvel that's been coming out, those are gone too. So like on there right now, you might have Doctor Strange, you might have Captain America, mm-hmm. you know uh, those Marvel movies that you know are driving the superhero age. Yeah, they're all gone. They're gonna be finished now. Netflix has the right to these Defenders uh, characters. So Netflix will continue to produce the the content of the Defenders um, Mm -hmm. because they have the rights. But Marvel is under Disney, so Disney will be wiping that out. Um, So, yeah. Why has Disney got to own everything? Yeah, Disney owns a lot, man. I mean, it's such a big conglomerate. And um, I I was telling telling the Dirty Mike before we got, I was telling you, you know, that uh, I I, kind of think it's a little arrogant for them to be doing this, but... What are, we'll they, see. They're going to win or they they're, they can't lose. <coughs> right. Disney's not going anywhere. If this works or if it fails, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, um, because people are going to want to, you know, watch these movies and, and, and follow these Marvel characters. They're not just going to disappear. So um, Netflix might have the rights, but Disney is going to own everything pretty much. And I'm, I'm going to go find that out firsthand. I'm going to go down uh, to uh, Disney in December and I'm going to see how they own the world. I've been there a couple of times, yeah. but they own a little bit more of the world every time you go somewhere. Speaking of, man, if you're going down there, I just read that they're also Universal. This isn't really Disney, but I just associate them together down in Orlando. Yeah. Well, Universal is getting rid of their Terminator 2 Judgment Day ride that what? they had there. Yeah, for like no. 20 years. Yeah. Oh. It's going to be gone in October, I think they said. That ain't right. And That's... then, uh, you know, they'll be building something else. Rumor is that I think they're probably going to do a Fast and Furious. Okay. Uh, 
I'm I'll that. be alright with that. But yeah. Terminator Two, man, that's a classic. Classic. It's man. another one we could review. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I mean, and they do that. They they typically get rid of their old stuff. I think back. They got rid of Back to the Future. I remember that ride. Yeah. I waited hours in line to watch yeah. to ride that as soon as it first happened. Yeah. But uh, they still have Twister and Jaws. I feel Twister's like, great. I feel like eventually they'll get rid of those too. And Jaws is a part of the the backlot tour and everything like that. Yeah. So they got that ride. So. Yeah. I'm always a fan of Universal, so if you're going to go down to Florida, go there, as well as Disney. I mean, Love it. Disney is everything. But, um, so, final grade, Avengers, A, B, C, D, E. Give me a grade. Oh, man. Um, Feel free to use minuses and pluses as you choose. Yeah, man. So, this is, uh, I would say, Avengers is a straight C, man. Um, it's just a straight C. It's a passing grade. It's kind of like in school. You're not overly elated to, uh, you know, make the honor roll, but you ain't, you ain't failing. Yeah, exactly. So it's just eh. So watch the Defenders. Now, if you want to watch something on, uh, I'm going to just throw out some Netflix real quick before we uh, go into the next segment, which is Richard Bonaire, the cut above, uh, independent professional wrestler and ring announcer referee. Uh, that is our next segment, by the way. But I want to throw out something about Netflix. Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Watch that. Uh, that is a good series, and they, they have uh, marketed for a season two on that one. So that is pretty cool. The Ranch, watch this, because Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson, who were best friends or friends on the uh, that 70s show, they're executive producing and also starring in this, and Sam Elliott and Deborah Winger, Deborah Winger are also in it. Uh, Eliza Cuthbert also, too, because she's hot, and she was in the uh, that, that uh, movie for the, uh, the Girl Next Door. Which was about the uh, porno, which is seventeen years, whatever. Anyway, because we were talking about porno. Earlier. Yeah, we've been talking about porno. Uh, I don't know why, because this is dirty and it's ugly. But uh, Netflix, watch it. It's good stuff. I enjoy Netflix. Beautiful stuff. Uh, also, there's uh, comedy on Netflix. There's a lot of different shows and a lot of different originals. Fuller House Three, man. Fuller House season three is coming out later this month on Netflix. Watch you, it. You watch that show? Damn right. You nerd. I watched Full House <laughs> when I was growing up. I watched yeah. Bob Saget, who is now a filthy comedian. I watched Dave Coulier, who does exactly the same damn thing, and John Stamos, who is one of the hottest men in the world, apparently. Right. That's what the women say. But Candace uh, Cameron Bure or whatever, ooh, and Jody Sweeten, yeah. and uh, uh, Amanda, the, whatever the hell her name is, who plays Kimmy Gibbler. She, yeah. she grew up into a fine young woman. Yeah. Um, watch it. Fuller House 3. All, all, just watch it. It's good. And you know, hey, Netflix, you're gonna pay your nine ninety nine, you're gonna you are gonna have the opportunity to watch it anyway. Or seven ninety nine, whatever you're gonna pay. Pay nine ninety nine and get it in H D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean Seriously, come on. What the yeah. hell? For two well, bucks a month? Right, exactly. So yeah. I mean it's and that's why Netflix will all be okay because they produce so much original content. I mean, all of their shows, Narcos, House of Cards still comes on. House of Cards, Brian uh, S. Gamble. Yeah, man. Um, I actually just started watching. I, start, I watched the first two episodes last night, the first season. I'm way <laughs> behind. I know it's been on for like what? since 2013 like four years now but anyway um so the show's great i already love it i'm two episodes in so i I definitely got a binge on it so let's do it so yeah we appreciate you listening so far into this podcast so coming up next we got an exclusive interview that i did with uh richier richie richard bonaire the uh cut above and we are also going to come back with more episodes down the road. So thank you for listening uh, so far. And we are going to come right back with that exclusive interview. So Big Ugly, take us in the break. Yeah. <coughs> That's what he said.
We are back on a very special segment of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. Big Ugly's out there on location right now. But we had an interview set up and we are going to deliver on this interview. I am going to have a conversation with a gentleman I met not too long ago in Seven Valleys, Pennsylvania. He is in the independent wrestling world. He has been a referee. He has been a ring announcer. He is into the world of actually competing as a pro wrestler. He does it all, and we're going to talk to him right now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, the cut above, Richard Bonaire. How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. This is my first podcast interview, and happy to share it with you, man. We are happy that you are here, and uh, I put out the word about the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast to the locker room of the SWO, the Susquehanna Wrestling Organization, one of the great independent wrestling organizations out there. It's been around for a long, long time. It is up and coming, going stronger than it's ever gone before, and that's where I met you. I believe you were in a six-man tag team match. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I was in a six-man tag match with uh, my new tag team partner, Jameson Windsor, and Johnny Cockstrong, who is somewhat familiar to our audiences. Johnny Cockstrong, definitely, uh, in and around the indie wrestling world, uh, that name itself just... uh kind of it just takes you by surprise and and as i saw that coming up he was actually a surprise tag team partner as i believe you were supposed to be tagging with the wolfman who is not only a competitor but uh one of the owners of swo uh, uh susquehanna wrestling organization but he was injured so you got a surprise didn't you oh yeah and uh trust me when when there's a surprise i mean he he delivers his his name speaks for itself if you will uh <laughs> just law kind of figured that out uh well so did alex cross too they, they all kind of figured it out when they faced johnny cockstrong they sure did and that was a part of the summer series too uh and it was just an up and down top to bottom fantastic card we are big uh proponents of independent professional wrestling here on the dirty ugly wrestling podcast uh, big ugly will agree when he he hears this as well um we've had you know competitors and and uh ring announcers wrestlers referees we had everybody on here putting all kinds of independent professional wrestling over and that's what you are at, at this point so we're going to get into that we're going to get into how you got into the business we're going to get into a little bit of pro wrestling but what i want to talk about right now uh the cut above what is what is that tell me about the cut above how did that come about so the cut above came about because when I was a ring announcer, um, I was the world's greatest ring announcer, Richard Bonaire. Ah. And um, as I transitioned uh, through through uh, through the facets, if you will, at the uh, at the dojo, I decided that I'm going to keep my uh, I'm going to keep that kind of positivity in my wrestling as well, because I don't just want to be any other wrestler. I want to be a cut above Ah. all the other wrestlers. So I just, I use it as a, as a motivational tool and to let everybody know that, Hey, this guy's for real. I mean, I I come in there, I give 110%. I might not always walk away with a W, but I at least know that I gave my hardest and I gave everything that I had. I left my heart, my soul, and my body in the ring. So when they hear the cut above is coming out, then they know to uh, be prepared. 
that makes a lot of sense. I like that. That that is a great uh, background, and that is a great. I, I'm gonna say not even necessarily a gimmick, if you will, but uh, it sounds like you live that. It comes through not only your work in the pro wrestling ring and also as a uh, as a ring announcer, but it sounds like that's a bit of your personality. Am I correct? Oh yeah. Um, if you talk to anybody that knows me well, my family, some of my friends, they will let you know that I believe in myself as being the best thing that has set foot on the face of the earth. It's a confidence thing, you know. Right, and right. I grew up. I grew up not exactly having the biggest the biggest amount of confidence, so I had to instill that in myself as I was growing older. So I made sure that no matter what I did in this business, that I carried that confidence with me. Sounds like it. And confidence is definitely something you have to have in this business, no matter what you are doing, because you're out there live in front of an audience and they can see right through anybody who doesn't have the confidence, who doesn't have the passion. You know, if you're phoning it in, so to speak, they can see right through you. So, uh, you know, wrestling fans, marks, whatever you want to call them. I mean, they, they pay the tickets, they pay to see it. So that's great. I'm really happy about that. Now, I'm, I'm a ring announcer. That's one of the things that I do, and that's actually how we met because I I had really never known about you or met you, you know, in any kind of capacity. But I, I went on a show. I ring announced. I said your name. I must have made some kind of impact because when you heard I had a podcast, you were like, "Yeah, I want to do that." So, uh, how did I do as a ring announcer? If you were the cut above, how did I do as a ring announcer? I mean, you were you were almost there. <laughs> you were almost there, but I. I, when we had, uh, or two was the one that did it before you, and uh, also worked for Triple W, uh, the Worldwide Wrestling Alliance. Right, right. Towards the Philly area as well. Um, I did ring announcing out there, and some of the guys out there, like, I try to help them out because I always, my, when I was ring announcing, I looked up to Bruce Buffer. I didn't look at anybody in professional wrestling, I looked at the UFC. There you go. Bruce Buffer commands a presence. And so when you're a ring announcer, that spotlight's on you. Own that spotlight. Make make the crowd feel and and make them get on their hands and feet before the wrestlers even come out. Amen. So they're the first you're the first one they see and the last one they see most at most shows. That's right. So you gotta you gotta leave a lasting impact so when I see ring announcers that are just in there, you know, just saying what they need to say. Like, I don't, I don't mean to bury anybody, but I went to a um, certain super indie show based out of Pennsylvania. Uh huh. Um, they're uh, they're on TV. You can watch them every Friday night. There you the go. Ring announcer. Their ring announcer was just he he didn't command that presence. He got in the ring, did his business, left. He didn't entertain in between the matches. He didn't try to rile up the fans. I mean, that's that's part of our job. Right. To get the fans involved. The fans paid that money, tell them to get involved. Convince them to get involved. Urge them to get involved. Because when they get involved and they start getting loud and they're popping and they're they're doing their job as fans, it makes us as wrestlers want to do our jobs even more. 
Absolutely correct. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I've been a ring announcer, uh, you know, for professional wrestling on and off for uh, on for the past six years, but on and off for the past. Oh, I don't know how long it's been, 20 years or so. But I mean, that that's an important job. And, and I, I great to hear you talk so favorably about it, because I know a lot of ring announcers. I know a lot of commentators and some of them have different styles. But the thing is, just like being a wrestler, you know, a competitor, a worker, every job is important in this business because it's about entertaining whether you are a ring announcer whether you are a commentator whether you are a referee whether you you know whatever the case may be every part of it if the ring announcer doesn't do his job then you know his or her i should say because there's a lot of good great female talent out there as well um absolutely it doesn't hype the crowd so when the crowd the crowd's not giving as much back to the competitors as they necessarily could and if the ring announcer is not promoting the Facebook pages, promoting the next event, promoting ticket sales, you know, promoting the merchandise in the building, popping the building, you know, things like that, um, you know, giving an extra, you know, here, here's your winner, so-and-so, and then somebody's left in the ring, you know, say it's a face, you know, we're going to break kayfabe right here, say it's a face in the ring, you know, say, they did a good job, you know, they're still getting an ovation, let's hear it one more time for Richard Bonet, you know, it's something like that, and, uh, exactly. you know, just throw that little bit in there, and, and I gotta, I gotta put this, this is, this is kind of funny story, it came from the SWO Summer Series 2, uh, there was a, a, a spot in the last match, and it was basically me, reiterating that the entire SWO was banned from ringside. We were going to have a one-on-one match, uh, which was a fantastic main event. Again, up and down, great card. But when I put that out there, they were in there for 10 matches. 10 matches, two and a half, three hours. That crowd was still hot, you know? And there's something to be said about that. And it's I I didn't have to say anything. You know, I could have just said the names of the competitors and walked off. But you know what? Uh, I was like, I was even encouraged, like, you know, put a little bit in there. Like, oh, yeah. And then, man, after two and a half hours, it's uh, to hear a crowd that hot and all the way through it, man, it's just we did something right on that show. We all did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I get goosebumps thinking back to it because I remember hearing the crowd reactions to every single match. Every match was fire on that show, as right. Becky Lynch would say. <laughs> um, but up and down, I think that was one of our better shows that we've had this year. Um, and as you said at the very beginning, the SWO was really starting to take it's really starting to take control of indie wrestling in this region. Right, right. Because you know, a, there's a lot of com- there's a lot of wrestling companies here, like within an hour's drive of York, PA. Right. And so you really need to make your mark. Like we drew, um, we drew a sold an or an oversold out crowd while NXT Takeover was on TV. Right. Put that put that into perspective. People could have stayed at home and watched a WWE show, NXT Takeover, with that production value and that much money put in, and all that stuff, and all the characters, and everything else. But we still oversold out. We were adding chairs halfway through the show. People were standing. Uh, yeah. Yes. That is a great yeah. point. I realized that that show was on that night, and I'm a fan. I, I've watched NXT, but you know what? I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to think about this right now. I'm going to go to the show, and I wasn't even thinking about you know NXT. I didn't even realize it until the next day. Like, man, I didn't watch NXT. I had such a good time at SWO, and, and that's, that's independent wrestling, man. You're up 
in it. You're feeling it. You know, there's a lot of companies, like you said, but SWO is feeling it. They're making their mark. And you're a part of that. And that is fantastic. Uh, great points. Great points. Um, and uh, let's just throw this out there. You know, we're going to put this out there. The next show by the SWO is going to be the Susquehanna Cup. And that's, uh, that's going to be a, a legendary show in itself. Red Lion PA, uh, September 30th. And, uh, you know, check out Susquehanna Wrestling Organization on Facebook. Give it a like. Follow the events. And um, we're also going to, you know, follow, you know, Richard Bonaire, you know, the cut above. Um, how do they find you on uh, Facebook or Instagram? Or uh, tell them how they find you. Um, well, they can find me on Instagram at EaglesFan139. Yes, I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I am not ashamed of it. <laughs> Super Bowls, we've lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Baltimore. I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, but that's okay because uh, when we have the Battle of the Beltways, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. But uh, Oh, yeah. Um, they can follow me on Instagram at EaglesFan139. They can follow me on Facebook at Richard Bonaire. Just search the name. Uh, you'll see me with a goofy mohawk. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you guys can follow my adventures right there. Uh, don't really use Twitter and I'm not really going to share my shoot page. <laughs> uh, well, okay. That is fine. Well, you know, that this is a, you know, somewhat of a shoot, somewhat of a gimmick, you know, the world of dirty, ugly wrestling podcast. And we, we, we tell it all on here. We've had some great stories. Um, e- even after I went to, uh, SWO, I've been in and out of SWO for five years. I came back into there. I mentioned it one time on the mic and then, uh, you know, man, I got more followers on this podcast than me and the Big Ugly looked at this like, man, this is PA. This is the place to be. I was the voice of Maryland. Now I'm just the voice. You know, I, I'm stretching my vocal cords out, and I'm so glad I did it, man. I had such a great time. Um, yeah. Let's, uh, let's get yeah, into a – Oh, sorry. I don't mean to cut you Go off. ahead. Pennsylvania Independent Wrestling is – fantastic right now there is so much talent sitting in pennsylvania and i i can't believe sometimes watching the matches that i've seen just just at swo let alone at triple wa at a, a pro wrestling empire a valor pro wrestling a uh, atomic championship wrestling you know right seeing some of the matches that those that everybody's putting on in pennsylvania is outstanding outstanding yeah, I, I totally agree. And uh, do you uh, happen to uh, work for any of those organizations right now, or is it just SWO and you're trying to branch out? What's up with that? Um, so the thing is, right now, I am just working SWO and Worldwide Wrestling Alliance okay. because of the part the partnership that both of them have. Right. Um, that, for right now, that's all I'm really focused on. I want to get better before I start branching out. Um, you know, I... I not even been a wrestler a year like um october 22nd is my year of wrestling um so i want to be able to say that i have at least a year under my belt before i start branching out to any other companies um as a wrestler but um something that a lot of people actually don't know is that i got my start almost i want to say almost three years ago in wrestling okay Um, I actually started out with Valor Pro Wrestling. Ah, Valor. It was, I was a security guard and then got bumped to being the ringside camera. And then I was a tech assistant as well, or a production assistant, excuse me. Um, before Valor um, had temporarily shut its doors, I was looking for a home. And then uh, I was trained at SWO. 
That's excellent. It's good to spread your wings. Uh, it's good to stay loyal to you know companies here and there. But you got to spread your wings. And we've talked about this in in Maryland. You know, uh, there's a lot of different professional wrestling organizations, indie style in Maryland. But that's the thing. You can be loyal to one. You can branch out to others. But uh, the more you branch out, the more you learn. You know, and uh, that that's a great thing. And the more you learn the better you get and then you become the cut above even more and more see i love that name i love that name <laughs> well it's actually also the name of my theme song too <laughs> ah all right so it definitely works so that's great you got a, a yeah. consistency thing going there do you have aspirations to get to that next level whether it be ring of honor lucha underground impact wrestling or gfw as it's called nxt wwe do you have aspirations to get up there um I do, but I also am a realist when it comes to the business. I understand that the 1% of 1% make it to the WWE. There you go. The NXT. Um, I understand that there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of wrestlers out there. And right now, um, I just want to be able to, whether it's 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, I just want to be able to put a smile on their faces and say, you know, I did this, and then they can enjoy the craft that I put out. I would much rather focus on the here and now and worry about the future when it happens. That's a great attitude. That's a great attitude to have. Again, that comes through, you know, when people hear you, when people see you, that that comes through and that makes a difference. People are engaged and want to watch you. If you're looking to the next step and you're not concentrating on the here and now, people can definitely feel that. So that's great. I'm, I'm very, very excited to hear that. Um, you uh, sent me some particulars about yourself. Let, let's get into some of these other things. First of all, you're a Leo. Oh. Uh, actually, I messed that up. I'm a Virgo. You said you were a Leo. You told I have it on my Facebook Messenger. Oh my goodness! You were putting over Leo, but you're actually a Virgo. All right. Well, I was looking at Leo Sweet. What can, what can you? Say? <laughs> he is too sweet, from what I understand. He is. Um, he is very sweet. <laughs> the sweet one. I'm. I'm very. Uh, I'm gonna. Can't wait to have the opportunity to speak with him too. I've worked with him over the years. Uh, he's one of that. Uh, pieces of great talent that you were talking about in the uh, in the indie wrestling world. So that's fantastic. Um, but you're a Virgo. All right. So you're a Virgo. Now, the other things, you said you enjoy wine. I don't think that was a mistake. Um, you are over the age of 21, from what I understand. Yes, I just turned 23 uh, two weeks ago. Ah, uh, you youngins. I love it. Um, <laughs> and uh, and also, long walks on the beach. Now, how, how many long walks on the beach do you get in the state of Pennsylvania? Uh, not in the state of Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, you know, if you if you're able to travel like I am able to, yes, you, you, you get a few you get a few walks on the beach a year. Okay. <laughs> I like. Have you ever walked on the beach with Sizzling Stan Styles? I have not, just because I'd be afraid of where that shake weight is going. <laughs> That's another one we're going to talk to on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast. He, ah, the shake weight. Oh my god. Um, yeah, he has a gimmick, doesn't he? I was just thinking about that. That is, first of all, it's very, it's very over the top. But I mean, he yes. just owns that that's what professional wrestling needs i mean you can have guys like lance storm and dean malenko and get in there and you know you can work and you can be you know dry with the personality and you can work your ass off in the ring and it can get you over but mm -hmm. man he's got the look 
he's got the gimmick, and man, does he live it. And <laughs> I think he lived it a little too much at our last show. Um, I think, it, you know, the, the higher-ups or the powers that be, you know, shout out to Dino, um, may have gotten a little like, hey, you know, this might be a little over the top, but hey, the fans were okay with it, uh, and I'm okay with the gimmick. Yeah, he's got a gimmick. See, he, and the thing is, is like he's not reliant on gimmick. No, he can work. Oh, he sir. Oh he my. He can work. He can sell his ass off. First of all, I mean, he could take a beating. He can give it out, but he can take a beating. He sells his ass off. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, I really, I really look up to him. You know, he's pulled me aside a couple times backstage and talked to me. Good. And given me, and given me some advice. And and you know, I I greatly appreciate it. So shout out to Sizzling Stan Styles for helping me out. That's right. I really, I really do appreciate all the help that he brings to the SWO and sometimes the Triple WA. That's fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait to get him on the podcast either. But back to Richard Bonaire. Is Bonaire? Is that how I'm saying that right? Yes, Bone Air. Bone Air. Uh, Richard Bone Air, the cut above. So let's get back to that. So um, you obviously are a fan of professional wrestling, right? Absolutely. And uh, you sent me some of your inspirations there. There was a whole list of them. Uh, So talk about that. Talk about your inspirations and, and your favorite wrestlers, favorite matches. Go into that a little bit. All right. So my inspirations are go anywhere from Jeff Hardy to The Undertaker to Shawn Michaels, Shinsuke Nakamura, Kazuchika Okada. Um, I, I, I love I love the Japanese strong style. Oh, yeah. I've really gotten, in, really gotten into New Japan the past, like, three years um, when JR did Wrestle Kingdom 9, yes. I want to say it was. Oh, yeah. Um, I had heard so much buzz because I had just discovered podcasts at that point, too, like wrestling podcasts. Right. And there was so much buzz going about this Wrestle Kingdom, Wrestle Kingdom. I'm like, all right, I got to check this stuff out, man. Like, I'm hearing all this stuff about it, and it lived up. Like, Shinsuke Nakamura is by far my favorite modern-day wrestler Period. Well, hold on. Second favorite. Zack Sabre Jr. is, and I'll explain that one in a second. <laughs> okay. Um, but I love I love the MMA base that Strong Style brings. Right. Because I'm a huge fan of the UFC. I try to watch every UFC pay-per-view, every UFC fight night. I'm a huge fan of the UFC. So It's a shame what happened to John Jones again, ain't it? Oh my gosh! Is it ever? I I I was bummed. Big Ugly's a big fan. He's a John Jones fan, and we we heard about that before the last podcast. I didn't mean to cut you off, but damn, that sucks. Yeah, I I mean, well, and the thing is, is like I read something that his sample that came back after the fight was clean. It was the one right before the fight that was dirty. So now there's controversy. So now I'm like glued to my phone on Bleacher Report trying to see if there's any John Jones update, <laughs> if he has to be stripped or not, you know. There's a lot of money in controversy there, and there's a lot of money in John Jones. He's one of their, you know, major players, and if they can get him clear of this and they can, you know, have him make another comeback again, um, I would love to see it. But I'd also, you know, there was buzz about that with him and Brock Lesnar, you know, possibly, you know, taking it over. And uh, that would have been interesting. It still may be interesting. I think there's money in John Jones. There's a lot of money in John Jones. There's a lot of money in Conor McGregor. And... If if they lose Conor McGregor to boxing, they're they're going to be in trouble. Now that's a, that's an interesting question. 
could he be a multi-sport athlete or would they lose him to boxing? Because I'm not, I don't know. I, I mean, I know Dana White definitely has his claws into, uh, into Connor, but after that, you know, Mayweather McGregor, uh, <laughs> and that actually lived up to its expectation. I really enjoyed that Absolutely. fight. Um, Absolutely. I saw it a couple days after, and uh, because we had actually celebrated my birthday that day, at the ah. house, and uh, we uh, we did not watch the fight that night, but I, I did see it like two days after on, U- on YouTube or Facebook. Yeah, yeah. To whoever posted the illegal stream of it. Uh, <laughs> hey, you could pay a hundred bucks to watch it live, or, you you know, an hour later after the pay-per-view providers, or you can watch it the next day on Facebook. I mean, exactly. But anyway, go on. I saw the fight, and McGregor McGregor looked good, and I think we're looking at modern sports Bo Jackson. I think he would be able to switch back and forth, draw money on both. He's going to be rich. He is going to be a very wealthy man, and I could see him making the jump to the WWE eventually too. I could too. He's got that personality. Um, he does, and he's he's strong. He's tough, uh, and we're we're gonna get into this in long form on uh, one of the you know future podcasts. But uh, you know he, he definitely for the first three or four rounds, uh, McGregor may have punched himself out a little bit. Uh, he was intense. He was he was hyped up. He's going strong, and uh, Mayweather had a plan. Mayweather didn't really start fighting back until the third or fourth round, and then what the shots he did get in, they actually landed. Was the fight stopped too early? I'm not sure. That's the referee's call. The referee's in there. He can hear the competitors. He can see the competitors. He sees the eyes. Uh, I'm not sure. I just was very thoroughly entertained, and it was definitely worth it. Oh, yeah, definitely. But back to the original subject, because apparently we like to go off on tangents. That's right. That's what we do on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. You have been listening. You understand we go off on tangents. But go on. Let's talk about get back into MMA, Strong Style, New Japan. Let's get into that. Yeah, so... um the main reason I look up to Okada is look at his look at those trilogy of matches with Omega. Oh my God! <laughs> like he can he can pull like Okada can pull a good match out of Toriano. Like, <laughs> that's a, that's a compliment. <laughs> it is it is very much so. If you if nobody or if people that are listening don't watch New Japan, trust me, that's like pulling a good match out of Nia Jax. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Oh my goodness! Uh, but so then. I get into, like, the more... I, I love Jeff Hardy because the match that made me want to become a pro wrestler, like, that made me say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I saw it live. It was a ladder match. And uh, I remember... And then after I saw the ladder match um, on the indies, I went home and I watched more Jeff Hardy ladder matches, like the TLCs and the ladder match he had with Taker. Oh. My obsession with Taker in a minute. That's one of my favorite matches of all time, actually. And, and the yeah. commentators especially, man, just JR trying to put over, get up there, kid, come on, kid. You know, it's, man, I, oh, my. Come on, kid, come on, this is your dream, dude. Oh, my God, JR is so good. But those, those are the matches that made me want to get into it. Like, I want to go through a ladder match. I want to feel that pain. I want to, I want to do that because I feel like that's going to be so much fun. And I feel like... Um, it brings a whole other aura to it. And then you get into the Shawn Michaels and the Undertakers, the showmanship, the peasantry, the storytelling. My favorite match of all time is WrestleMania 25, Taker versus Shawn. There you go. It is my favorite match of all time. I love that match to death. Um, but 
the first moment that I got into wrestling was Undertaker crucifying Stone Cold Steve Austin on Raw. That, mm. that is my first memory of wrestling, and I remember looking at The Undertaker. He was heel at the time, and I was like, this guy, this guy is it. Like, it's gone, my obsession has gone so much as to getting a tattoo of, his, of the cross on my, on my chest, you know. Um, I was going to ask you about that. That Okay, that makes sense. I got you. Yeah, I am, a, I, I am a huge Taker fan, so much so that um, when I found out that he was wrestling Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Me and um, Jameson Windsor. Right. Um, at the time, he was just training, but he was on his way to being in the ring. But I looked at him, and I was like, dude, we got to go. Because <laughs> I knew I had a feeling it was going to be his last match. And I had never seen Undertaker at WrestleMania, and I had never been to a WrestleMania. Oh. You know what? This is it. This is when I'm going. So... I made sure that I put the money aside and I went down and I saw Taker's unofficial last match at WrestleMania. Right. And of course, there are rumors, uh, rumor and innuendo, as it were, spreading that he's getting himself back into shape, that he's going to try to come back and do something. In my personal opinion, he, I think he'll come back not to wrestle. I really think he's done, uh, but I think he'll come back to get some of the other guys over and help push the other guys. Um, now, you said about getting into ring shape. Now, here's some fantasy booking. Ah. Okay. So what if what we saw at WrestleMania 33 wasn't Mark Calloway retiring, what if he was just retiring the dead man? That's that's a good point. We, and we see the return of the biker taker. The American badass. The American badass taking on John Cena one last time at WrestleMania. And if that's the case, you guys will know where to find me. <laughs> You'll be in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I will be in New Orleans. I love it. And I was actually, and I know we're getting off on a tangent here, but I love this story. I was actually in the crowd in New Orleans uh, when The Undertaker lost the first time at WrestleMania to Brock Lesnar. And that was really interesting because that match wasn't a five-star classic match. But uh, after the third F5 and everybody hit the third, you know, you know, heard the third hit of the canvas, there was... The, the feeling in that 75,000 people was a feeling of disbelief and just like, what just happened? Really, what just happened? And it took, a, took about 30 seconds of this uncomfortableness. Then they threw the 21 and 1 up on the screen first. Then there was a like a squeal in the crowd. And then Justin Roberts announced, here's your winner, Brock Lesnar. And then again, like, what the hell just happened? Um, right. That's why I love this business, for feelings like that. Um, you can't get that almost in any other entertainment profession genre. I mean, WWE has the opportunity and professional wrestling has the opportunity to book this out, to write this out. And if it's executed properly, man, it just takes you away. Well, I have two comment or two things to say to that. Okay. One, um, sometimes professional wrestling can give you a better storyline than any Hollywood movie. Period. Amen. And two, you want to hear about how big of a taker mark I, I am in the crowd at WrestleMania 33. You see 
him lose, or well, let's rewind to that. Roman Reigns is still making his entrance. I'm shaking. Oh wow! <laughs> I was shaking. I had I had only seen the Undertaker twice before that, and I was three, and I don't remember. <laughs> I, I was not able to remember. I saw him live. I never remembered it. So I was shaking because this is that guy. This is that guy that made me love wrestling because anytime I saw him, goosebumps, that gong, the the everything about him. So he's making his his music hits. He's making his entrance, and. I have it on video. It's on Facebook somewhere. I'm recording. I, li- I look over at Jameson Windsor, and I'm like, dude, I'm crying. Wow. I'm crying because I was in so much joy of seeing my hero in wrestling wrestle at the biggest stage of them all. And then when he lost, <laughs> I was a blubbering baby. I was <laughs> sobbing like some child that just got yelled at by his mother. I was sobbing. I was I was heartbroken. You know. I can imagine. But only but only wrestling can make you feel that way. Yeah. No, professional wrestling, I absolutely agree. Um and then up one quick other tangent. Uh that same WrestleMania actually was the uh I believe the WrestleMania where um, the Ultimate Warrior went into the Hall of Fame the night before, and then he came out on the stage at WrestleMania, and then he made his appearance on Monday Night Raw, and then he died within the next 24 hours. Now, that was my childhood hero growing up, and he hadn't been around the business for 17 years, or at least at WWE anyway, and I got to see his last three appearances his last appearance you know his hall of fame induction his last appearance at wrestlemania his last appearance on raw and basically his last appearance in this world and you know i'll never forget that a year before that he was actually doing appearances um at wrestlecon or whatever it was and i got to meet him for 60 seconds and get a picture with him and get an autograph and like best time of my life only professional wrestling can give you that i agree yeah, absolutely. And speaking of WrestleCon, like another tangent. Sorry, that's all right. We had a twenty, twenty to thirty minute max on this interview, and I think we're well above that. We're over the limit. Yeah, we were going to take it home here in a little bit, but we have gone over our time. But that's okay. Go on, WrestleCon. But WrestleCon, how great of an event is that? Like, I went while well, I was out at Mania this this past year, and I met like Gangrel. Um, I had met Ricochet and. Um, Lita, which was my childhood, my first ever love of women ever was Lita. Um, And just like WrestleCon is one of those events where it's like you can see the stars of the past meeting the stars of the future and all the worlds colliding. And um, that is one event that I will be attending again at some point in my life. But anyway. um, No, that's a great I love WrestleCon. Been there a couple times. You're right, and I just got to agree with that. I want to throw a lead tangent in here for you. So talking about independent wrestling, 20, 25, long time. Uh, so Lita is from Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, initially, originally. And I had gone to an indie show where Lita wasn't working yet, but she was dating Matt Hardy at the time. And Matt and Jeff were working an indie shot. It was snowing outside. I was one of the last 
people to leave the building because that was kind of Mark I was back then. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was me and a couple of people and it was snowing and car wasn't starting and, and car was snowed in and Matt and Jeff were walking out because they were, you know, kind of stranded too. And then Lita walked out with them and they just kind of said, Hey, you guys all right. It's like, yeah, we're just trying to get our car out of here, get out of here. They actually helped us shovel out our car. All three of them. Uh, and, man, we, we just sat there and talked. How'd you like the show? What's going on? Yeah, we got a developmental with WWE. It was, see, things like that. And then to where they are now and where they've been for the past several years. And it's just, that's why I love this business. But anyway, we we, we could probably do this uh, backstage at SWO. We could do this on another podcast. We, we could go on. I'm sure, um, but I'm sure the big ugly is going to look at this time and be like, "Man, we run off on tangent." But he's 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 going to be fine with it. He's going to be fine with it. Let's um, <laughs> let's get a couple of other things here. The cut above Richard Bonaire, so SWO Pro Wrestling, WWWA, uh, out of Pennsylvania. I'm sure you know more places in the future. But let's go into what are you going to be looking to do in the near future in your professional wrestling career, other than getting better. Um, right now, since I'm in a tag team, my look is to win the SWO Tag Team Championship. Ah, uh, yeah. And they have changed hands. They were, they were on, uh, they, those straps didn't change hands for a while, but the, uh, the best of the West have them now. Yeah, and, and you know what, uh, there's no ill will to those guys, but just make sure you guys are watching your backs, because we're, we're going to be coming up real soon. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to see. And what that so we did talk about now Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 25. That is your favorite match of all time. Yes, sir. All time. Okay, love that match. Uh, And let's uh, talk about. um, I want to mention one more thing. You said something about uh, Japanese strong style Shinsuke Nakamura. This is an opinion question. Since he has come to the WWE NXT for a year and then you know up to the main roster. Has he developed or just adapted or changed? Is he the same Shinsuke Nakamura that was in New Japan two years ago? I think he's adapted. Okay. I don't think that I don't think he's any worse. I and truly, I don't know how much better better you can get than what he was right. two years ago. You know, he um, he is just. I know I'm stealing another another superstar's catchphrase, but he is just phenomenal. Oh yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura is he is my he like I said he is my second favorite modern wrestler with first being Zack Sabre um, but he is the way that he goes about it the way that he he like we to bring it all back he commands your attention mm-hmm. just like how you and I when we would ring it out commanded attention he commands it he doesn't go out there just make his entrance and stand in the ring. He makes sure that he is the only one you're looking at. Right. And you can't get any better than that. I absolutely agree. And I know he has adapted over time. There's different styles with New Japan, with NXT, um, with television, with pay-per-view. Uh, it's a lot. I think he is the best adaptation of himself, and I believe he's kept enough of himself to be himself and actually have it work. Um, and, and I will say this. I was in the building uh, when it was Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn. It was his first match. Uh, nobody except, you know, I'd say the indie, indie wrestling fans or the um, 
New Japan wrestling fans, not everybody knew who Shinsuke Nakamura was right. at first. But when his music hit, which nobody had ever heard before, and his name was plastered up on that screen, and he made his entrance, it got a holy shit chant just from the entrance with people who barely knew. And now the NXT crowd's a little bit smarter um, in, in those kind of ways. But, man, t- uh, 10,000 people just marked out. And that was probably one of the best matches I've ever seen live or period between those two. And, yeah, I, I definitely agree. He's a great ad- ad- adaptation. He could be the next SmackDown Live, the WWE champion. He could be. Oh, I hope so, because, and, and like you said, one of the best matches you've ever seen, it's in my top five. My top five are Taker Sean, the three Omega Okada matches, <laughs> and, Zane, and, and Zane Nakamura. I mean, those, those two put on a clinic, and, you know, WWE really, really took their time to figure out how can we use him. Right. And... Boy, did they ever. They they have a gold mine with Shinsuke Nakamura. They sure do. And, uh, you know, they've got a theme music that's catchy, that's got everybody singing. You know, they've got, uh, you know, violinists playing. They, I don't know. They just have, it is a whirlwind. It is fantastic. Uh, I'm going to throw one more match out to you before we uh, take, this, take this home. Ricochet, Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. Did you see the whole match? Which one? Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, one that was labeled the Spot Fest, the one that got all of the uh, the publicity. Uh, the best of the Super Juniors one. There you go. Okay. I did. I saw that after I saw all the reaction. I was like, all right, let me see what this match is all about. Okay. Um, those guys work their asses off. I don't yes. care if they called it a Spot Fest or not. You know, that's what Japanese Strong Style is. Absolutely. That that is it is just the type of wrestling and and you know what like you had Vader come out and say that's not real wrestling and then you had Jim Cornette bitching about whatever he was bitching about <laughs> you know here's the thing different strokes for different folks there you go right if you want to watch a storytelling match watch the WWE sometimes uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see a guy get Headbutted so hard that he almost dies, but still finishes the match. Watch New Japan because Katsuyori Shibata just did that. Um, if you want to see somewhere in between, watch Ring of Honor, watch Impact. If you want to see a comic book come to life, watch Lucha Underground. <laughs> you know, there's so much wrestling out there, and it, and it makes me so happy that I'm a young fan at this point. Like I'm, I'm like I said, I'm 23. Yeah, I'm. I'm a young fan that has all of this wrestling around him. Absolutely. Not to mention the indie scene. Love it. Yeah, and not to mention the indie scene. Like, geez, you can go to a Beyond show or an SWO show and see all those types of matches in one night. Right, and that's exactly what we saw at the summer series. There, there were there were uh, gimmick matches, ha ha matches, title matches, uh, grudge matches, uh, the six way scramble. Holy crap! Um, yeah, I thought somebody was going to die. Uh, yeah, I mean, whisper Spanish fly off the apron. Oh. Uh. Yeah, I mean, and that wasn't, I don't call any of that a spot fest. I mean, like you said, different strokes for different folks. That's what pro wrestling is. If you watch boxing, you know what you're going to get from beginning to end, and the different boxers had different styles. You watch UFC, 
You sort of know what you're going to get from beginning to end. I'm a fan of it, but it's a different type of entertainment. With professional wrestling, that's why there's eight to ten matches on every card, because there are different things for different people. And, you know, it's going to entertain the entire audience, but it's also going to entertain segments of your audience at the same time. So, yep. I I love it and and I watched that match too the Ricochet Will Osprey match after uh, all of the all of the feedback and everything and I got to tell you I, if I had watched that match before I had heard anything I would have been glued to it and I would not have wanted it to stop um, I would have I no, no way I could have known who was going to win that match and yeah. but. After it was over, I would have been on my feet, I would have been clapping, and I would have been saying, five more minutes or do it again. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if you like that, if you like the Ricochet Osprey match from two year, two or three years ago from Best of the Super Juniors, World, What Culture Pro Wrestling just did their Pro Wrestling World Cup Okay. on YouTube. They just did their finale. Ricochet Osprey met again. Oh. But it wasn't the same type of match. There was more of a story to it. Okay. So, and even then, Osprey. Then I know I'm going to spoil for you. Sorry, spoiler that's, alert. That's all right. <laughs> Osprey beats Ricochet and goes into a match against Kushida. To whoever wins that wins the Pro Wrestling World Cup. And those guys put on a different type of match. And it, it I mean, one guy wrestling two different styles of matches in one night. I mean, that's impressive. That is impressive. It's hard enough for you know to wrestle one style of match and, and whether it be six or eight six or eight minutes or whatever it is, it's hard enough to do that. But to completely switch it up and, and put on two five star performances, it's just that's I, I can't wait to watch that. I'm gonna do it. Uh, probably gonna watch it as soon as we get off this podcast, which may not ever be because we are just going. And I appreciate that's all right. I appreciate your time, Richard Bonner, uh, the cut above. What would you like to leave the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast listeners with this evening? Well, I would leave them with this. It's a quote from one of my favorite UFC fighters, Uriah Hall. Mm. When life knocks you down, stand back up and say you hit like a bitch. (laughs) And I actually heard somebody outside of the mansion right here just go, damn. I think they heard that outside of the mansion here in the 27 rooms. So that is fantastic. The cut above Richard Bonaire. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your conversation. I can't wait to see you out there at SWO on September the 30th in Red Lion, Pennsylvania, Susquehanna Wrestling Organization. And make sure to follow this man on Instagram and on Facebook. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Everybody have a great day.